welcome to our latest series of the Reach Next Generation podcast. I'm Grace Jeffries and I'm thinking about my future. To help me with this, I'm speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they have faced throughout their careers, how they overcame them and what tips they for girls of my age. Today my guest is Nicola Ipperson, who was the Chief Commercial Officer at Aston Villa Football Club. And we are very grateful to Nicola and her team at Villa Park for hosting and supporting our next summit. Nicola has also worked at Chelsea and Manchester United. And Nicola used to be a board member of the Football Association's Women's Super League and the Women's Championship. Thanks for joining me today, Nicola. Can we start by you telling us all how your career took you to the role you have today? Great to meet you today, too. Um, so I started off after university um, being an accountant. I became a chartered accountant at a company called Ernst & Young, which is a big uh, accountancy firm in the in the world, but also in the UK. Um, and whilst uh, I was an accountant, um, I got approached by Manchester United, who were looking for somebody who specialised in my sort of accountancy that I did, which was financial modelling. So I joined Manchester United to help them. I don't know if you're aware of the kits, but they uh, used to be sponsored by a company called Nike. uh, And I helped them uh, get sponsored by a company called Adidas. Mm. Um, After that, I then did a similar role at Chelsea Football Club. And then subsequent to that, uh, I joined Aston Villa as Chief Commercial Officer. So when you were at school, did you know what you wanted to do or be? Or did that happen more later in life? I think I definitely knew that I wanted to be a very senior executive at a company. Um, I didn't know uh, what company that was going to be. I didn't have an industry in mind. Um, And I suppose I probably knew that I was more numerate than other types of disciplines. Um, So I was probably going to focus on more of the accountancy or management consultancy type route. Now, I know that you went to Lancaster University. But how important do you think it actually is to go to university, especially with all of the graduate and apprenticeship schemes that can be found in lots of different companies? Yeah, so I guess two answers to that. When I was uh, looking at university, it was critical. Um, The apprenticeship schemes weren't as vast as they are today. Um, And so it felt important to be a graduate to get access to the top jobs. However, I did combine my degree with an apprenticeship with Ernst & Young, which is why I got the role at Ernst & Young after my degree. And so I would definitely say um, that that experience I got through being a graduate at Ernst & Young helped me immensely. Um, and I'd say from that, in the current day, my experience of working for a company while doing your education was impactful because you get to practice what you learn and then you get to go back to learning it again so it's like it it makes it almost like the things you learn is riding a bike rather than something you learn in theory but never get to apply um so I'm, I'm a real advocate for um combining education with apprenticeships yeah well there's a lot of talk about pay quality quite generally at the moment um, how well do you think women are catching up with men's salaries and getting those top jobs maybe in football and other sports administration at maybe a senior level? Um, so my experience since my career, which is, I would say, sort of 15 years, uh, is I've never been aware of any disparity uh, between myself and any male colleagues. Um, and 
I feel that if you work for organisations that you know, the tone to the top is about equality, the likelihood is that um, there probably wouldn't be any disparity. And so I'd really encourage young girls as they get to look at who they're going to work for, that they can believe in the leadership. And if you do believe in that leadership and you think women are well represented, the likelihood is the pay disparity will be non-existent for them too. Yeah. Well, throughout your career, have you perhaps had any mentors or have there been anyone that you particularly admire? Yeah, so I would say in every single organisation and even school, there was already always somebody who was my mentor. And it wasn't someone I seek to find. It just has worked out that way for me. And what's also interesting, all of my mentors have been men. Um, and so I would say to you girls, you know, that you don't have to find the most ambitious woman in the world for that to be the right mentor. Um, I think you should look to look for people who've got skill sets that you admire um, and you can learn that from anybody. Yeah, I will agree on the importance of a mentor and it doesn't always have to be a woman, doesn't have to be a man. But as long as it's perhaps someone there to support you, then it's always a great thing. Yeah, I agree. Now, the theme of our summit is I can do it. Is there anything that you perhaps thought you couldn't do that you have managed to do? Uh, yeah, but like lots of times. Um, so for me, I always wanted to be head of school when I was at school. Uh, and I, you know, I knew the people in my year were really clever, really ambitious, really capable. And I, you know, I really doubted whether I could achieve that. Um, but I worked really hard to prove that I was capable and I did achieve that um, when I went into um, upper six when I was at school. So I say that as one, one area where I didn't think I could do it and I did. And then the second is, um, I probably didn't get the grades at A-level that I was really hoping I would get um, yeah. and therefore doubted I'd be able to get a first in my degree uh, and I did get the first in the end because I worked really hard to be honest um, in my last year at university um, and I got the first then so there's been a couple of times I would say I've achieved more than I thought I would. Yeah now we were talking about your work at Chelsea and Manchester United earlier on but is there anything that you may be learnt from working in those different companies that help you now working at Aston Villa? Oh loads yeah so um, I think in my role um, I'm always look, looking to build uh, partnerships with other companies and there's lots of reasons why other companies would partner or wouldn't partner with you and I think building on the experience of what I saw at Manchester United and Chelsea um, I've been able to kind of identify earlier on whether I think the likelihood of those partnerships would occur. Yeah. So the world is changing a lot and also quite quickly. What do you perhaps think that work for women might look like in 10 years time or what do you maybe hope it may look like? Um, well, it may seem a long way off for you at your age, but what I have experienced is when you're a woman, going into business and then trying to grow your career in business there are major events that happen in women's lives that don't happen to men most notably um having a baby is, is an example and other things as you get older um i think that i've been lucky enough to work for people who've respected the rights of women around those topics and help them manage their career while they happen but I think and I hope over the next decade that will become easier for other women coming through so that there's more flexibility to make work and life at home more balanced.
Yeah, you always have to have a balance. I mean, if it's it's tilted one way or the other way, it's normally quite hard to um, find peace, I would say. So I agree, it's quite good to have a balance between maybe work and also your personal life. Yeah, I think it's important too. So do you still have any personal or professional ambitions that you wish to fulfil in the future? Yeah, I still haven't achieved my first one yet. I wanted to be um, the top senior executive of a business. I wanted to be a CEO of a, of a business. And I probably set that objective for myself really young, um, probably beginning of high school, maybe even prior to that. Um, and I haven't achieved that yet. So probably now it's slightly more refined. I'd like to be a CEO of a sports organisation. Um, and, you know, I've, I've got a long time left in my career, but that's certainly the ultimate goal for me. So I have to ask, when you were at school, did you have any interests, like interests in sports, or have you just randomly come across <laughs> three football clubs? So I would, I wouldn't say I was overly sporty at school. I enjoyed playing sport, uh, but I wouldn't have said I was particularly good at it. Um, but I got the opportunity to join Manchester United randomly. It wasn't something I was seeking. But once I worked there, I was addicted. It's such a fun industry to work in because you know entertainment to me is interesting not just the people in it but the people who are your friends and your family and I found that once I started working in sport um everyone was interested in what you did uh, and I enjoy that and I've also enjoyed that I invest my time in something that I can actually enjoy personally too yeah and I don't expect my career to leave sport now <laughs> I'm glad it didn't just randomly like very randomly happen at least there was some sort of process <laughs> so throughout your career you must have gathered lots of tips maybe some tricks from working at different businesses are there any tips that you would maybe give young women or young girls when they start to think about maybe their own careers or if they wanted to work in the sport industry yeah, so just general tips. Like one thing that's always served me well is that you don't want to be um, shy about being the one who takes the notes, who goes to the meetings, but offers to make the coffee and you know, just be the person who helps uh, in a meeting because quite often that gets you in that meeting. Um, equally, the person who takes the notes usually remembers the most about the meeting, so you quite often become the expert on whatever the topic was that was said. So I'd really encourage um, anyone who's starting out in their career to be very proactive about being the organiser or the project manager or the note taker uh, of any meeting, because that is the best way to get your head around what's going on. And people will very quickly t look to you uh, to remind them of the topics that were discussed and that, um, and that improves your profile within a business. Um, and that is the same for sport as it is for any business. Um, and then in terms of sport, trying to get into it, it's, um, it's not an easy industry to get into, but there are lots of different disciplines within it. So your operations, logistics, administration, finance, legal, HR, commercial, as well as you know, the sport itself. Um, so I think if you want to get into sport, figure out your discipline first that you want to excel in. Um, get a grounding in that and then look to move into a sports industry once you can prove that you've got some expertise in that topic. 
I think that's some great advice. I'm sure the listeners will make quite the quite the notes on that. So if they perhaps wanted to work in sport or other businesses and want to progress, then they can use that advice that you just gave us. No problem. Okay, so earlier in the year, there was the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. Let's reflect a little bit about the Commonwealth Games. Do you think that there will be a really strong legacy from the Games? And how do you think that's being implemented? Um, so I was lucky enough to be on the Legacy and Benefits Committee of the Commonwealth Games. Um, so I've seen firsthand the programmes that were put in place. Um, there's certainly a broad range of projects that got invested into across the West Midlands to help people um, in not just the short term, but the long term. And then what I'm really pleased about as well is a subsequent charity called United by 2022 has been set up, which I'm now a board member of which is purpose is to take those initial seeds of projects that were created around the Commonwealth Games and ensure that they can flourish. So ensuring the right investment continues, that the right people are involved. Um, and I think that's how it really has uh, the long term legacy is that this charity is given the opportunity to really, you know, I guess, help those seeds grow. Yeah. So earlier on, I mentioned that you were a previous board member of the Football Association's Women's Super League and the Women's Championship. Can you tell me a little bit more about the roles that you had while you were working there? So um, as I was on the board, um, it was a new board that was set up uh, that had football clubs on these boards, which was the first time in the women's game. So it was looking at how that how that worked. So, you know, prior to that, would the club have a vote on a major issue to do with the league? Previously, not so much as it was formalised in this board. And then subsequent to that, um, because I was more of a commercially focused person, they asked me to chair the commercial um, the commercial subcommittee uh, for the championship. And that was helped thinking through some of the challenges uh, in the women's game. So when you have money made from the broadcast rights, how do we distribute that between the teams and what do we distribute it into to improve the quality of the game? Um, and then actually, during that time, COVID hit when I was on the board. And, <coughs> sorry, it's, um, it became very focused on how does women's football continue during COVID in a way that was um, financially sustainable? So we had some really tricky operational, financial and logistical issues to work through there um, as well. But it was a really interesting time. And um, unfortunately, I had to leave the board when Aston Villa got promoted into the WSL um, because I represented then a different league. And, and unfortunately, I, I could no longer stay because of that. Um, but the WSL and the championship have gone on to flourish since I left. Yeah. So how long have you been working at Aston Villa? Three and a half years, we're just over. Okay, that's a fairly long amount of time. What would you say are some key lessons that you've learned while working there? Um, my key lesson is that um, you have to work with people that you really trust and are as committed to um, the objectives of the business as you are. Um, I think that I'm very lucky to work with really great experts in, in major topics across the business, which help us all succeed. Um, so, again, if I was to give advice to anybody, it's um, make sure the people you're working with, you respect 
and who challenge you and that you can enjoy spending your time with because it's really important yeah of course now finally and this is a new question for all of our guests this series and that is if you had to describe yourself in three words say only three what do you think they would be i will give a brief warning i have said this before it sounds kind of easy but it kind of isn't um i would say uh ambitious okay um hard working if that can count as one word yeah um and i would say um i guess I'm conscientious which is a blessing and a curse a bit i worry a lot about things going right but hopefully that also um ensures they just go right so i'm yeah. conscientious well, I think that's a great place to leave off on today's podcast. I have really enjoyed chatting with you today, Nicola. Thank you so, so much. And I'm sure everyone listening will now be thinking about some of the choices they're about to make in their own careers. Keep listening to the Reach Next Generation podcasts as I talk to many more brilliant women. And more information about us and our new summit, with the help of Aston Villa, is at www.reachnextgeneration.com. And a big thank you to all our partners and sponsors, Ideal Standard, Barclays, St. Modwen, Green King and Levi Strauss.